Microphones and headphones provided by CAD Audio. CAD Audio, expression through innovation. Forgive the interruption, but I believe this requires your attention. Meanwhile, at the above-ground underwater suborbital volcano lair... Sergeant, we need a response team. We're already putting together the best man. With all due respect, sir, so am I. I have a plan. It's <laughs> a big laugh. It's real! Mighty Marvel Geeks. That's what we call ourselves. Sort of like a team. Team? No, no, no. We're a chemical mixture that makes chaos. We're, we're a time bomb. Well then, son, you've got a condition. Your show about all things Marvel with Mike, Kylan, and Eric. What a bunch of losers. I am Groot. That I did know. These people may be isolated, unbalanced even, but I believe with the right push, they can be exactly what you need. Shoot up. I'm bringing the party to you. I have indeed been uploaded, sir. We're online and ready. And welcome to another issue of Mighty Marvel Geeks. It is the Intrepid Trio, Eric, Kylan, and myself, Mike. How's everyone doing? Ah, doing good. Um, it's dry here, so you know there's that. We we what are you trying to say? Well, I, it's dry where you are now, right? Well, I, after I, after quite a bit of flushing. Mm-hmm. So, man. Yeah. Oh wait, one, one more flush. Um, oh wait, that that might have been DC firing yet another director for the flush. Oh, or that was the the last remnants of Hurricane Irma. One or the other. I haven't figured it out yet. Or, or maybe, maybe it was, it was, go ahead. That, you go, dude. <laughs> I was about to say, maybe that was Marvel trying to get rid of the last remnants of Secret Empire. Ooh. Oh, all three. Because Shots. I do believe that's something worth flushing down the toilet. <laughs> and we're going to talk about that here in a little bit. Yes, we are. But. Shots fired. Shots fired. <laughs> well. Shots? No. Salvos. Oh. Oh. How about this? Talking about Salvos, the, uh, this came from Stan Lee. Apparently he believes Marvel is working on regaining the rights to the X-Men. Uh, of course, we're talking movie-wise. Um, now, w- where this all began, um, and it wasn't with dinosaurs, during Marvel's financial troubles in the 90s, uh, Marvel sold off the film rights to many of the of the heroes that Stanley helped create. Of course, uh, Marvel Studios now shares the rights to Spider-Man with Sony, but no deal exists at the moment with 20th Century Fox, uh, who holds Holds the rights to the X-Men and Fantastic Four. Officially, Kevin Feige, Marvel Studios president, has said that it's possible that Marvel will regain the rights to the X-Men and the Fantastic Four, but it's highly unlikely. However, Lee revealed at Wizard World Nashville that he believes Marvel is working to regain the rights to those characters. Uh, according to Lee, sooner or later they're going to have to get they're going to get those rights back. They're going to get the rights back to all our characters. They're working on it and they're still making X-Men movies and stuff. Don't worry about it. You'll get more Marvel superheroes than you'll have time to look at in the next few years. 
Um, the movie rights currently still remain uh, with Fox for X-Men, but the studio did work with Marvel to change Negasonic Teenage Warhead's powers in Deadpool in exchange for allowing Ego the Living Planet to appear in Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. Uh, of course, Lee hasn't been involved in Marvel's day-to-day operation for decades, so this could be just speculation on his part. Uh, there also aren't any clear signs that Fox plans on getting giving up either franchise anytime soon, which is stupid. They should just cut loose Fantastic Four and call it a wash. Um, Fox's X-Men films have generally met with success, though its latest Fantastic Four film was poorly received critically and financially and, well, legally with Josh Trank. Oh, wait, too soon to throw him into an apartment to let him bash? Um, The, if you want to put him in an apartment, make sure it has nice beds. Oh, or, or thick still or thick still bars and a stainless mm, steel mm, toilet. Um, mm, mm, mm. The the studio will release, uh, of course, this is Fox, um, Deadpool 2, 2 in June of 2018 and X-Men Dark Phoenix in November of 2018. And supposedly has two more fantastic flop movies planned, a Doctor Doom film planned, and a spinoff reportedly focusing on Franklin Richards. <sighs> Those last, those last five, cut them loose. Give it back to Marvel. Thank you. Is this is this Doctor Doom movie going to be the you know terrorist blogger hack millennial? Mmm, <laughs> uh, I no, I I, I, got, I see uh, the only one shoot off shots fired today. Yeah, no. I, ow, ow, I, ow. I think you hurt Island over there. You know, I just Doctor Doom, jerk though he may be, is one of the smartest people in the Marvel universe. And I'm going to be nice. I'm not going to mention a certain organization that Mike does not care for in the Marvel Universe, but he has a place at table. Am I right? You, you, you can try and say it. Uh, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm, I'm going to be nice. I'm going to be nice. Cause... No, you, 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 you can go ahead and try and say it. Okay. Um, I'm ta- um, well, okay, then. I'm talking about the Illuminati. A little slow on the draw there, dude. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I, 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 <laughs> I will say this. If Doom is done right, that could be an awesome movie. Right. But that is predicated upon Fox doing Doom right. And thus far, they have neither they have not shown either the capacity or the willingness to do Doom right. I agree. Now, if you guys remember the 2099 universe, I used to follow Doom 2099, and that was a really good series. Yeah. It was really good because... Doom was not a hero, but he was the protagonist of the series. Obviously, it was his title. He was he was a bad guy. He was well, he's definitely not a good guy. He was more anti-hero than villain. It was more like he was the former monarch of Latveria. He has returned to find a Latveria that is nothing like what it's and it's nothing like what he wanted it to be. So he is the architect of Latveria's future once again, and that's what he was trying to do. And so that was a very interesting take on what has traditionally been a character that has been relegated to sit around twirling his metal mustache dreaming of world domination. Right. So if you do Doom right, it's a good move. But 
we're talking about the same company that, and I don't know if maybe I'm the only person who sees it this way, that for some reason they don't understand that, that the Fantastic Four are actually science heroes who have superpowers, and they can't get that right over the course of, what, three movies now? Okay, I'm just going to throw this out here. If Roger Corman gets a throw better than you, mm-hmm. yep, well, just uh, walk away. I, just I will, walk crap I, away. I, I will say, th- this is what's funny. Um, Derek, who's my co-host on Wookie Radio and We Be Geeks, he and his co-host, Chris, on their show, Keepers of the Fringe, man, plug fest all, all around. Uh, I'll take they, plugs to the Daleks. <laughs> they, they mentioned Fantastic Four. And so, you know, you look at the Roger Corman film back in 94, and you're like, oh my God, they're, oh, this is going to be a horrible film. Now we look uh, at it. Now, now we look at it now, and it's like, that's the best of them all. <laughs> Well, I mean, I, I have to admit, Corman put a depth to those characters that it, it almost seems like how in the world are other people missing this? It's it's not a good movie overall. No. Gets he at least gets the fantastic, which is something he does yet do. Yeah, I, yeah, I don't understand. Okay, you, you guys remember the part where like they actually come up, come up with an explanation for why the gamma rays affected each of them differently? You know, they're saying, well, you know, it's because because Reed is trying to do all the things, and so it, that's the reason why he he's elastic, and Johnny's a hothead, so that's the reason why he's no way he is, and because and I think that was like, uh, and, and uh, Ben, because he's so guarded, that's why he has the the rock, but then they even had him, like, almost do a Hulk thing, and it actually would go away at one point, and I was like wow, and I, and I think they, they managed to even toy with that in the comics a little bit, but and I was thinking, okay, this Corman movie is terrible, so this Fox movie should be way better. No, it wasn't. I, I, you're right. I mean, the the Corman movie gets it. It's not a good. It's not a good movie by any measure, except for the the human torture effects, pretty good. But and, and I will also they got say it. this. I will also say this: the best Fantastic Four movie made so far was The Incredibles. I agree. Yep, agree. <laughs> the best Fantastic Four movie did not use the Fantastic Fantastic Four characters, but it, it, not to say that Brad Bird and Disney ripped off the Fantastic Four when they did this, but they got the idea, they got the quintessential essence of a Fantastic Four adventure. Mm-hmm. They got it, and it wasn't meant to ate any particular superhero group in particular. It was just to, it, it was a reflection of the genre, right? Of, of the feel of the, the Golden Age, the Silver Age comic books, with a healthy dose of James Bond movie through thrown in and it was all well done it was like a good mix you know dude that is still one of my favorite movies ever not just disney movie not just pixar movie favorite movies ever right i mean that rank up there with you star wars movies that ranks up there with casablanca Mm -hmm. true i'll give you that it ranks up there with howard the duck uh world (laughs) made hey i gotta gotta keep trying in the 636 dimension yes That's that's what we're, that's what we're gonna dub your world okay. six three six six 
I could six... say six two sticks because that would be experiment stitch. But <laughs> six. all right, six three six reality. Well, <laughs> let's let's continue on because we know there's even more. Of course, Stan Lee related news. Oh yeah, there is, isn't there? Um, yeah. Okay, so it looks like uh we have a certain actor in Hollywood who is still a hot property who's interested in playing Stan Lee in a biopic. Uh, it looks like we have. Have, uh, Mr. Leonardo DiCaprio says that he would love to play Stanley in the Stanley biopic. Um, which I have to admit, I I know I I I just never I never pictured. I don't know who I pictured playing him, but I, I just uh, but Leo, Leo DiCaprio was not on that list. But you know what I'm picturing now that you've said this? What Stanley on a floating door with with uh, what's her name? <laughs> Kate Winslet? Oh, uh, yes, Kate Winslet. And 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 as he freezes to death and drops into the ocean, never to be seen again, his final words are Excelsior Rose. You know who I see doing Stanley in a biopic? Especially older Stanley? John Ratzenberger. Yeah. He's got that look. Well, yeah, he does, and and he kind of has that on screen charisma that Stanley does. Lose some weight, but yeah. But you know, DiCaprio didn't do too bad in in the Aviator. I'll take your word for it. Didn't see it. That's one. If I see it pop up, I'll stop and watch. Kirk Douglas would be good if he didn't have that stroke. Uh, this is true too. Because they're about, he's about the same age. Actually, no, he's actually older than Stanley. Stanley's ninety five. Kirk Douglas is one hundred. Yeah. Yeah. I think who else? Um, what about Kurt somebody, Russell? Russell could do that. I was almost thinking Michael Douglas there for a minute. What do you think? <sighs> think Kurt mm. Russell could yes. Michael J. Fox. No, 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 no. Benedict Cumberbatch could pull it off if you. I'm I'm trying to think of people who are like have that same kind of build. And I don't know. Ron Perlman? No, he's too beefy. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Kevin Conroy, I think, could pull that off. Mm, Yeah. That build. And it would be cool to see just for the for the the history around Kevin Conroy is like the world's best Batman ever crosses over Marvel to do a biopic of Stan Lee. Okay, I'm back. Apparently, Hydra <laughs> has it in for me, and I don't take back what I said about their cafeteria being crap. Anyway, I'm sorry. So, all right. So yeah. So apparently, uh, during a Hasbro's Hascon event, which I didn't know Hasbro even had a con, but okay. Is, Until somebody for, you went. It's the first first year. Oh, okay. Well, they, they asked Stanley who would he want to play him in a movie role, and he said he he says he already discussed it with Leo. Okay. Uh, yeah, so according to the article, they're neighbors, and yeah, so he's, he I guess uh, Leo's expressed interest, and Stanley is not opposed to Mr. DiCaprio, um, train him on the big screen i you know but then again i leo i would say if you look at early Stanley, you know i could see okay while you were trying to fight hydra off again Uh uh-huh we were bouncing names right and what you got who you guys come up with kurt russell oh you think you could do you think you could handle kurt russell i 
think I could. I think I could. Okay, what about Michael Douglas? Hmm. Michael Douglas doesn't have the on-screen on-screen charisma. That's the only thing. Okay, then. Okay. One last name for you. Okay. Kevin well, Conroy. Oh. Ah. See, I, I threw I, a wild card out there as well. Who? I, I said Michael J. Fox. See, I didn't think you were being serious about that. No, I, I, I was he doesn't. He doesn't do acting. He doesn't do acting anymore. Doesn't mean I don't want to see him in it. Okay. Okay. But uh, no, we just. What do you think, Colin? Kylan is frozen Kylan, with excitement. Kylan is speechless. Either that or it was the Hydra Cafe stroganoff. <laughs> <sighs> yep. Hydra Haggis struck again. Yeah. Suffering Montezuma's revenge or something. Yeah. I'll right. tell you Tell you what. Let's move on to the next. Okay. M- move on to the next one. Now, regardless of who would play Stan Lee in a biopic, well, there's no denying that nobody can play Stan Lee like Stan Lee. Am I right? This is true. Do you agree with me? This is true. And Lee can play a host of roles like The Watcher. So even though he is 95 years old, think about this, 95 years old. I wow. hope I make it that far. Just in, and the guy is just, I'm surprised he's still as active as he is. Yeah. But uh, yeah, he, he's kind of like, he's he's in every single Marvel movie. And it's kind of like the John Ratzenberger and Pixar movies. It's like he's in every single one of them. Uh, at Wizard World Nashville, uh, and this story is coming from CBR.com. Uh, let's see. His personal manager, Max Anderson, told told fans, quote, what we can say about Avengers Infinity Wars that he filmed both parts, one and two. We did Ant-Man and the Wasp. We did Black Panther. We did Thor 2. That's T-O-O, not right. the number two. Okay. Uh, Avengers Infinity War rap production uh, not too long ago. Uh, the fourth as yet untitled Avengers movie is currently filming. Uh, Ant-Man and the Wasp is still filming. Black Panther is due for release in February. And there's also, there's also Captain Marvel coming out. There's the, uh, the sequel to Spider-Man Homecoming and Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. I, I mean, the man, for 95 years old, he is doing a lot of filming. And I, t- what I say is, Kevin Feige, if you are listening, and there's no reason that you shouldn't be, <laughs> go ahead and plan out as many cameos as you possibly can. Yeah. I, I just have this this feeling deep down, we're not going to have Stan the Man around for much longer. I no. hope I am wrong. But let's get every mile we've got left with him. <laughs> well, I mean, well, was it last year or, or was it earlier this year? He was talking about winding down his con appearances and he was at Dragon Con. He's going to be at uh, Wizard World uh, Nashville. Um, uh, he, he just was he, at what? Wizard World Nashville. Oh, is it, was that just? OK, yeah, so, yeah, that was. Yeah. All right. He, so he, Wizard World Nashville. He, he just going, did. Um, he's going to be at MegaCon Tampa Bay. Uh, you know, I'm I, I'm with you guys. I mean, you know what? It, plan the stuff out. Film it while we can. And cause... Because I want to... This is such a, a great element to the MCU. Oh, yeah. Yes. It would... Sooner or later, because death comes for us all. Mm-hmm. Except for Stan Lee. <laughs> bite your tongue. Because now that you've said that, watch. We'll get news tomorrow. Tomorrow. We are no, recording he- this on th- on Thursday night. Watch. Friday. Lunchtime. We will get the news that Stan Lee has passed away. And it's all because you said something, man. No. <laughs> death is a fan of Marvel Comics. Okay. He's not going to let Stan, oh, uh, Stan go. Well, isn't Stan a watcher anyway? I mean, aren't they like immortal? Well, you know what? Regardless 
Lewis, I hope we keep the man around. I mean, it's not like Stan worked on DC. <laughs> oh yeah, well, yeah. I mean, well, you know, he did do the he did do his uh, his interpretation of um, was it Superman, Batman, Wonder Woman, Flash, and then he did their his own version of their Justice League, which was phenomenal. I, and I have to admit, his take on Batman interesting and very good. But yeah, I mean, I want to see Stanley cameos for many, many more movies to come. Yes. So yeah, as long as he can do it, do it because. And then we just have a retrospective of all his cameos in just in one video. <laughs> and we include Big Hero 6. Yep. Yeah. And we include his Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. cameo. Did, did he not? He, he didn't do um, a cameo with the latest Fantastic Flop. Um, I believe I'm correct. Because he said it was so bad he he turned them down. Ooh. Well, there we go. We, that's, that's, we have just unlocked the secret to the success of the MCU. Stanley. Stanley cameos. The blessing of Stan. <laughs> yep. I'm just saying, you know, the Stan factor. That's that's what we call it. The, the secret to the success of the MCU is the Stan factor. That could the, also be our issue title. Uh I was going to go with Excelsior Rose. Oh, that's even better. <laughs> <laughs> Once again, folks, we are pulling back the curtain to show just how things are done here on the show. And that is, we fly by the seat of our pants. Excelsior Rose! <laughs> and those pants with which we fly by the seat of are full of holes. <laughs> my, my pants flew off in Irma. <laughs> we'll return in a moment to too much information theater in just a moment. <laughs> Well, all right. Speaking of too much information, StarWars.com. You're going, what? StarWars.com? Well, they they talked with Salvador LaRocca. I'm going, why does that name sound familiar? Well, he's the current artist on Marvel's Star Wars. And, of course, his run's about to end with issue 37 as well. Well, no, no, I think LaRocca's still staying on. But he he ends his run with Jason Aaron. Um, Jason Aaron run comes to a close with issue number 37, which comes October 4th, um, but a new era will begin with issue number 38, courtesy of Sal- Salvador LaRocca and writer Karen Gillian. Um, StarWars.com asked LaRocca, who has contributed to the Star Wars comic, to list his five favorite moments on the book so far. Now, warning... All right, uh, I'm, I'm going to do this right as soon as I can find it. I'm just going to say there is a spoiler alert. And, of course, it's not official until we hear it from Phil Coulson himself. Oh, spoiler alert. It's official. Uh, this, the story uh, includes some discussion of issue 37. So, uh, from it, from. His number one, or I don't know if this is just one through five in his order or just how he rattled them off. I don't know if there's any order of importance. Um, A great warrior, uh, which this comes from Star Wars number 26. Drawing Yoda was a challenge because I never previously drew that character, and he's a very lovely character. I think it was the first time we told any Yoda past history since Marvel relaunched the new canon. I feel proud to be chosen for it. And, And his look of Yoda 
is incredible. It does look very good. Uh, number two, Ready the Fleet, again from Star Wars number 26. Uh, the splash page with the whole fleet was awesome. Most of these moments have been in my memory since I was a child. So Yes, it, it has a, it, it's very reminiscent of the fleet gathering scene in Return of the Jedi. Yeah. Hey, look, there's a Hammerhead Corvette. Mm-hmm. Um, number three, the names Solo. This comes from issue number 35. The issue with Han was very cool to do from start to end. Han Solo is my favorite character of the Star Wars universe. I hope I will have more chances to draw him in the future. Uh, number four, Trooper Time. This is coming from the upcoming uh, Star Wars 37. The last issue was Scar Squadron was cool to do. I like the designs for these characters. These Stormtroopers had design that has been in my mind for years. They never looked aged or out of time. The update in the designs is awesome and is very fun to draw the the different versions. And what's on this, what's on the StarWars.com site does not appear to even have been colored yet. No. These are not, yeah, this has gotten past the, the penciling and inking stage. But I, I think we're only at the inks at this point. These have been inks. They have not been colored yet. No. Uh, and then and number and then number five, Return of the yeah. Sith, again from number 37. And he goes, uh, of course, drawing Vader in the in the Troopers issue. I had a very nice experience drawing Vader's book months ago and being reminded of the same feelings was very cool and personal to me. And his Vader's have always looked amazing. This is why I cannot wait to one day pick up the color your own Vader, mm-hmm. which you know most of that art is LaRocca. So that would be it. Um, you know, Aaron's run's coming to a close. We get LaRocca's favorite moments. Um, can't can't beat that. No. So, um, since we had talked about Fantastic Four a little earlier, let's go back to it. <laughs> yeah, now... Uh- Okay, now, I think maybe about six months ago, I said on the show that I had a feeling that Marvel may be making moves that that I wouldn't like to see Fantastic Four back by end of this year. Okay. Having said that, I might be a little off. We may not be seeing it by December, but it's coming because, uh, well, and this is the article uh, from comicbook.com. And in the article, it's talking about how uh, the Fantastic Four have yet to appear since uh, Reed Richards and Dr. Doom had their uh, fatal confrontation. and in the climax, the thing and Reed made their home uh, with the Guardians of the Galaxy and the Inhumans, respectively. Okay. Um, but now, I, well, actually, no, not Reed, uh, Johnny. So Thing and Johnny, like, well, Thing go, goes off with the Guardians and Johnny goes off with the Inhumans. Now, so now the two are reuniting to search for Reed, Sue, Valeria, and Franklin in the pages of Marvel 2 and 1 by Chip Zdarsky and Jim Chung. Now, you guys remember back in the day when Marvel was getting all the mileage out of Thing that it could. And I think it bounced between Thing and uh, Spider-Man. Yeah, I think so. Because it seemed like I remember seeing, because I seemed like I remember seeing Spider-Man in there. Uh, and, you know, so the two-in-ones, uh, you would get um, you would get the Thing teamed up with another uh, Marvel character that, you know, and it, it could be somebody that you would see him with or not see him with. So, you know, you could get 
the thing with Luke Cage or the thing with Spidey or, you know, the thing with, I don't know, Ant-Man, you know, or, or and, and vice versa, you get Spidey with um, Daredevil or Black Panther or uh, Iron Fist, you know, you, you get crazy combinations and usually those stories would either be a one shot or a very short type of uh, uh, arc, like maybe two or three issues at the most. Okay, so having said that, uh, the writer um, said it's, uh, it says here that um, Zdarsky spoke with Newsarama about the new comic, revealing that Johnny Storm and Ben Grimm reunite to solve the mystery of their missing family. It's Ben and Johnny diving headfirst into the mystery of what happened to them, Zdarsky said. The world presumes that Reed, Sue, and the kids are dead, but Johnny especially can't accept that fact. So we're heading on a road trip to find out what happened. Uh, the writer promises Marvel 2-in-1 will involve many other Fantastic Four characters, though he wouldn't spoil anyone's appearance, save for one major villain. Uh, and let's see. That villain is Doom, of course. Uh, but uh, unbeknownst to, John, to Ben and Johnny, Doom holds the key to finding the missing heroes. Sadarsky said, writing Doom is insanely fun and my favorite Marvel book right now is infamous 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 Iron Man infamous infamous Iron Man Uh, not like the the three amigos who are infamous because it's more famous anyway so it's great to be able to play with what Brian Michael Bendis and Alex Malev has been doing with the character so you know um, so this is going to be this is going to be interesting Uh, it's going to be cool to see a classic book come back and it looks like number one is hitting the stores in december so okay so i'm off a bit i am off and i'll take that uh but that doesn't mean that uh i'm not off by much at least we're on the road to getting fantastic four back that's possible it is possible yeah and so yeah so that's that's pretty much what we have uh, for the for FF right now. Well, um, we may be getting Fantastic Four back, and that's cause to celebrate. I give you another cause to celebrate. Secret Empire's over. Uh oh. <laughs> Hold on, Eric's about spectacular crap storm that was the latest and supposedly greatest Marvel crossover <laughs> event. <laughs> Kylan, wait for it. Eric's about to fire off his salvo. Three, two. When you have to publish a press release direct to ABC News saying, please keep buying our books. Please keep reading this storyline. Ouch. When you are that freaking desperate, you know it's something that swirls around in the toilet and just won't flush down. Ouch. I mean, I get it. I get what you were trying to do, Marvel. I really do. You're trying to say Steve Rogers is such this paragon of of moral upstanding justice juice that to see what would happen if he went bad. I get that. But there's a right way and a wrong way to go about it. Guess which way you took. It wasn't the right way. Nick Spencer, who thought he was writing Bernie Sanders' campaign, (laughs) 
<laughs> and to say it's not about Trump, but it was about Trump. I just it's not about it, it should not be about your particular political views. And that's been my entire problem with Nick Spencer. He doesn't seem to be able to distance himself from it. I get that there's going to be a certain amount of political stuff that you have to have in Captain America. I get right. that. But it's kind of like you just couldn't keep away. It's kind of like, you know, I know I shouldn't do it, but I got to do it. It's kind of like, you know, dipping into the to the can of Pringles that you know you don't need. <laughs> but you can't stop because once you start, you cannot stop. Uh, hold up. Incoming. <laughs> the funniest thing is... <laughs> Watching you, watching your screen as I did that, there was a slight flash of light from from behind you from your TV. And I'm looking at uh, I'm looking at a, an article, and this is a this is a very timely and it's a very well written article in my opinion. It's on uh, Polygon.com. The title of the article is "Marvel's Controversial Secret Empire Event Is Over." Was it worth it? No, it wasn't. No, it was not. And no. it, said, it said, so what happened? And this one line pretty much says it all. Although Secret Empire touted itself as a timely story about unchecked power and limited responsibility, the majority of the event instead featured a round-the-world MacGuffin hunt for the shattered pieces of the Cosmic Cube. <laughs> So Pretty much, yeah. you who don't know because and I cannot blame you if you did if you looked at it this way because you just didn't care enough to read it. They assembled the cosmic cube, but Ant-Man and Winter Soldier were microscopic sized on the last shard to be reassembled with the rest of it. And so in that little pocket dimension inside the cube, they find the true spirit of Steve Rogers, that Koblik, the the cosmic cube girl kept a copy of right. because she that version of Steve Rogers and kept a copy. He's basically like, you know, like going to your last saved game on the PlayStation. It's, it's kind of like, I'm going in this direction, but I want to keep this save point right here. Mm-hmm. And so they make a physical body for that memory of Steve Rogers and create that body. And that's that Steve Rogers. So the new good Steve Rogers is not the original Steve Rogers because the original Steve Rogers is still the Hydra Steve Rogers. Yeah. And of course, they fight. And of course, the good Steve Rogers, who is not the original Steve Rogers, beats the original Steve Rogers, who is now still the Captain Hydra Steve Rogers. <laughs> so now we have two Steve Rogerses. One is sitting in a prison offshore, kind of like Gitmo. And the good Steve Rogers wants to put him on trial. But the Hydra Steve Rogers is saying, you know, there's going to be problems with that because people think I'm you and people think you're me. And meanwhile, Koblik has basically returned almost everything to normal, mm-hmm. but Black Widow and Rick Jones are still dead. They have not been brought back from the grave. And Las Vegas is still you know, a ruin. Las Vegas was completely destroyed. Koblik did not return that to normal. She returned everything else to normal. Why that? So that way you can still see that there were decisions made and there must be consequences. Guys, you just shook a cosmic cube like a freaking god's godly etch-a-sketch. Right. Which it all the way. Let's return 98% of the Earth back where it was, but let's leave 2% there to show that there are consequences. No. 
I mean, it's kind of like, then what is the point? You're either showing us there's consequences or they're, you're reverting everything to the way it was before. It's kind of like that's it, it makes no sense there. And for the past full year, the problem has been people saying you are corrupting a Jewish created American icon with a Nazi aligned terrorist organization. And they keep saying, well, they're not really Nazis. Well, yeah, they are. I'm sorry. And you can't keep saying, wait and see, wait and see, wait and see. Stick to the end. Because you know what? People are not waiting and seeing. No. People are no. saying, this is crap. I'm not going to buy anymore. There, there's not enough Snickers bars out there to keep waiting and waiting. No, no, no. It's, especially when you know, you're talking about uh, t- you're talking about a 10-issue story with something that happened. Let me see. When did that whole Hell Hydra thing happen? That was, what, May of last year? Last year when it all came out and he said Hell Hydra. Right. So, yeah. So, that had to have been. So, I believe that was like that was like May of last year. All that started. So, we're so we're uh, sitting at. Uh, let me see. Uh, three. Uh, 15, 16 months uh, total. So, that's everything that was in Steve Rogers' Captain America. Some of the stuff that was in Sam Wilson' Captain America. Some of the stuff that was in Civil War II. All the stuff that was in. Uh, Secret Empire and to now. Yeah, no. Okay. This article links to another site that shows uh, sales figures for Secret Empire versus several other crossover events. Mm-hmm. You know, big events like uh, Civil War II, Secret Wars, Axis, Original Sin, Infinity, Age of Ultron, AVX, and Fear Itself. Mm-hmm. All right. According to that site, Secret Empire is the second worst selling event comic in Marvel's history. I wouldn't doubt it. Second worst. What's you know, the worst? What's the worst? Uh, la, 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 let me let me pull it up. I accidentally closed it. Uh, Axis. Yeah, oh, okay. That was horrible. Yeah. That is yeah, the that... only big event that Secret Empire outsold. And the site that they link to also uh, c- c- compares it to, uh, let's see, what they call it. They put them on a Batman index. That's what they say. They say, that is how well they sold compared to that same month's issue of Batman. Should we even go into that? Oh. Very the best month it did. The best month it did on this Batman index. Mm-hmm. It was issue number one. It outsold Batman by eleven point fifteen percent. Okay. Going forward from that, issue number two minus twenty eight point seventy five, minus thirty five point thirty seven, minus sixteen point two seven, minus nineteen point eight eight, minus seventeen point nine eight, minus twenty two point two nine, minus twenty point six eight, minus twenty four point nine eight. Ouch. Yeah. I mean, granted, I don't want to put too much stock in that because it is not purported to be an, an, an a official outlet. But right, but still. Sales are to be believed. Then basically what you have here, it, it's like... It's like that scene in all the Star Wars movies where Han tries to get the Falcon to go into hyperdrive. He says, watch this. And you just hear, Marvel pinned a lot of hopes on this in the hopes that because it's controversial, because it's it's this major shakeup, only right. to find out that people just thought it was crap. Major shakeups are overrated. They really are. 
And the fact that it's been like one big event after another for the past few years, it didn't help. No. So, it, and, and it, it's this uh, Polygon Argo sums up with a uh, with a good observation, which I agree. No one comic or story is going to turn things around for Marvel after this. They have they have spent a lot of time and money on the event. Mm-hmm. They have not seen any 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 positive results from it. Mm-hmm. They've got lower sales, and they and a lot of retailers and a lot of readers have lost faith. They don't want to come back. Marvel has a lot of work to do to woo them back. Yep. Woo back the readers to woo back the retailers. It's going to take a lot of really good stories. And it's going to take a lot of a lot of change, really, before these people come back. Mm, man, it's can they do it? Yes, they can do it. But it's going to take a lot of what I say, take personal inventory. You've got to take a hard, hard look, an honest look. It's like, OK, we thought this was going to be a hit. It wasn't. It actually hurt us a lot in PR terms. Oh, big time. How did Ugh. we let it go? This What caused this? Where uh. did we go wrong? And what do we do to fix it? Uh, I know where they went wrong. <laughs> Hail Hydra. Oh, my that's, gosh, without question. But it's going to take, it's going to take some uncomfortable inventory. They're going to have to ask themselves some questions that they're not going to be comfortable with. Mm-hmm. And there are going to be a lot of answers that they won't be comfortable with. But it, these need to be asked. These need to be answered honestly, openly. And the problem is there's a lot of egos at the top. It's the truth with any kind of corporation. Right. Have to be you have to be honest enough to admit, hey, we failed. True. And you have to you have to set the egos aside. You have to set the the preconceived notions aside. You have to look at it. You have to be brutally honest with yourself. I think they can be that brutally honest. I don't know that they will be. The proof will be in the pudding and we'll see how brutally honest that pudding is in the months to come. Mm-hmm. Man. My side, Secret Empire's over. <laughs> yeah, you know, I as it, you know, for for it to have been such an involved labor of whatever you want to call it, I don't know. I, I I would think that it would be. I mean, we've seen Marvel back away from a book, from a supposedly big book. They they usually don't have problems ending that immediately. You know, um, yeah, but when it's a mess, as, as so what. When it's a mess. See, that, that's the thing. Like I in the in in my forty plus years on this earth, I've never seen Marvel commit to such a crap storm and hold on for as long as they have. Yeah, it's it's kind of like you can't say that they didn't that they couldn't see the crap storm, but rather than look like they're caving, they double down and they say, right or wrong, we're going to ride out this storm. We're going to lash ourselves to the palm tree and we're going to survive this. And sometimes that's good. Sometimes that shows guts, determination, and perseverance and faith in your product. Other times, like this one, it shows, it it indicates that you really have no idea what's going on. Yeah. Mm. Wow. So, again, the the moment I saw Marvel put out that press release saying, please don't give up on us. (laughs) If you're desperate enough to do that, know you've got a crap product. Uh True. You should never have to beg the reading public to stick with the 
story. If you're at that point, you've lost them. Yeah. And, that, and, and that's true. I mean, if you, if you have to ask the reader to stick around because the best is yet to come or stick around, you don't know how it ends yet or you know, whatever. If you say you don't know how it ends, that means you are so far into this and so far lost. It, it's true. You don't know how it ends. How it ends. And somewhere you screwed up. I tell you how this ends. This ends with you having lost sales, lost fans, lost faith from your retailers. That's how this story ends. That's how this story ended. Yeah. Now, the next story is going to be how you get them back. <laughs> yeah. I mean, well, do not get me wrong. We are on a Marvel show because we love Marvel. Right. We love it. And, and I will, I give tough love. And this is what, this is what we told Jordan White when we saw him at Star Wars Celebration. We give tough love when it's needed. If we could have given Marvel this kind of tough love before Secret Empire number one hit the shelves, we would have. If they had just if asked us beforehand. Coming, if we knew what was coming, we could have stayed attention. If they had just filled us in and ran it by us going, hey, we know how you guys were with Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. <laughs> and we think we have that on track now. We've listened to you. Here's what we're thinking. And it's going to go through his own book and then into this crossover what do you think we would have said right away don't do it don't do it do not do it choose a different character don't do it with steve have pam ewing wake up from a really bad dream and 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 bobby being in the shower and everything else or or have bob newhart wake up in bed looks like suzanne plachette said yo i we were in an inn and you were a redhead or something (laughs) just have a bad dream that's what this feels like yeah the past Market Empire Publishing feels like a bad dream. Yeah. Uh, it feels like it, it tastes like one. And you kind of got that little after effect from a bad drink, too. So, you know. Yeah, you know, like the first time you ever had Jägermeister? <laughs> I know what you, I don't know what you're talking about. And immediately it feels like somebody just poured a thing of battery acid down your throat and you just kind of like, dear God, just give me anything to chase that down because I don't care if it's like swamp water with mud just get this taste out of my mouth that's that's the way i felt about secret empire <laughs> give me some freaking swamp water yeah yeah man well you, you know i i almost hate to do it but we kind of need to do it time for the picks of the week and eric i'm gonna have you start us off you're gonna have me start us off aren't you nice Uh, i'm gonna take back some of the thing kylan said about you (laughs) (laughs) was i around for it (laughs) all right my first pick of the week is star wars annual number three written by jason latour art by michael walsh the rebel alliance is on the lookout for a new secret base they should look into an above ground underwater suborbital volcano lair oh wait (laughs) we've got that already a rebellion leader Princess Leia goes with Han Solo to scope out a secret hideout that only he knows. That sounds like a little bow chicka bow wow in there. It just does. It does. just does. Hey, sweetheart. Why don't you come with me and scope out this unknown rebel base? Nudge, nudge, wink, wink. No, I mean, no, I mean. <laughs> wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Say no more. Say no more. Wink's as good as a nudge to a blind bat. Am I right? <laughs> <laughs> yes, I've watched one too many episodes of Monty Python. All righty then. <laughs> uh, uh, Kylan, why don't you go next? 
All right. So my first pick of the week is Luke Cage, number five. The uh, writer is David Walker. The artist is Nelson Blake. And the cover artist is Raza. Raza. The Battle of New Orleans. Luke Cage is under attack from all sides. Uh, but his adversaries are rich, powerful, and unbreakable. Bring them on. You know, you gave out that title, and I just started thinking. In 1814, we took a little trip along with Colonel Jackson down to Miami. I remember that song. There you go. Well, my first pick of the week is from writer Chip Zdarsky, artist Adam Kubert. It's Peter Parker, the, spectac- the Spectacular Spider-Man, number four. A classic villain has reinvented himself, and it does not bode well for Spider-Man. And what is J. Jonah Jameson up to now? I, I mean, the art, Adam's art's been kind of hard. I mean, it, it, I'm getting used to it more and more, but I love Zdarsky's writing on this. This is a, this is a great title for him. Good deal. So, Eric, we are back to you. Back to me. And I am back to my second pick of the week, which is Monsters Unleashed number six, written by Cullen Bunn, art by (laughs) Andrea Brocardo, and cover art by R.B. Silva. The lead-up to Legacy starts here. K. Kuwait thinks he knows what his powers can do, but honestly, he has no idea. Join the House of Ideas for the next chapter in this monster epic as Kid Kaiju explores the very depths of his own abilities. Featuring Kid Kaiju, Elsa Bloodstone, their merry band of monsters, and some surprising guest stars. Kylan. Oh, my number two is now U.S. Now, I'm not sure if this is now Us Adventures because it's no longer U.S. Adventures, but it's number 10 special edition. Uh, the writer is Al Ewing. The artist is Paco Diaz, and the cover artist is Caca, Paco Medina. Secret Cole M- Medina? <laughs> I, I think it might be similar. Maybe. I bet you I hit, that's know. his nickname. I, I guarantee you that's their nickname. Especially hey, in the middle of Funky Code. Yeah, there you go. I'm sorry. I'm Budinski. Please go. Is that it, Kyle? This is a book. I, I, I think this is a book that Eric is going to. In the aftermath of the Secret Empire, AIM elects a brand new Supreme Leader. But Roberto da, da Costa has one last mission for the U.S. Avengers. No one ever found Cannonball's body. And we all know what that means. The search for dead. Sam begins here. Exactly. You don't we see all... a body, he did. That's the comic book rule. Nothing to see here. Move along. Move along. I like Cannonball as a character. I do too. Well, my second pick of the week is from writer Kelly Thompson. Artist is Marco Cicchetto. Uh It is Journey to Star Wars, Last Jedi, Captain Phasma number two. As the excitement ramps up for this December Star Wars The Last Jedi, come back with us to the final moments of The Force Awakens and the destruction of Starkiller Base to learn the fate of Captain Phasma. Captured by the Resistance and thrown into the Garbage Masher, we follow the chrome-adorned warrior from the site of the First Order's biggest defeat to the doorstep of the holiday season's biggest blockbuster. Uh, written by Kelly Thompson from Hawkeye, Star Wars Annual 2016, and drawn by Marco Tichetto, Star Wars Shattered Empire, and Star Wars Screaming Citadel, Captain Phasma will recondition you to love Star Wars again. <laughs> so, 
So, number three, everyone's final number pick. Number three, my number three is a number twenty-five. Doctor Strange, number twenty-five, the extra size twenty-fifth issue. Comic art legend Kevin Nolan joins John Barber, Doctor Strange of the Punisher fame, for an incredibly special anniversary issue. A mysterious foe that Doctor Strange barely defeated in his past comes back to haunt Strange's present and finds him much weaker. Uh oh. Yeah, I'm kind of feeling strange. <laughs> when you're strange. People walk out of the rain. When you're strange. <laughs> you're a stranger. All righty. Kylan, your final pick of the week. All right, my final pick of the week is Star Wars, Poe Dameron, number 19. The writer is Charles Soule. The artist is Angela Unzueta, and the cover artist is Phil Noto. Black Squadron is reunited once again. That's it? And that's that. Well, I, I guess I will make up for it. Maybe not. <laughs> All right. There... Uh... I'm going to have to see if there's more to this write-up than what's shown here on Comicology's pull list, because there's not a lot. So I'm going to check one more thing and see what we find. Give me one second. Really? <laughs> not, not even... All right. I'm going to go as far as I could get with this. The, this is this is the f- fun part. The fun part? Yeah, the fun part. There's m- part of the description missing. That intern kicked off early from lunch, didn't he? <laughs> I think he did. Th- I'm pretty sure he did. And, and I am not finding a complete description anywhere. Ah, there we go. Ha ha. I'm going to add this link, Kylan, to the notes so you have it for when we do the pal column. Awesome. Okay, thank you. So it goes right there. I have picked Howard the Duck, Volume 1, Complete Collection, Trade Paperback. Uh, writer is Steve Gerber. Artist is various. Cover artist is Frank Brunner. Get the full story of how Marvel's most notorious movie star became trapped in a world he never made. Howard the Duck makes an adventure into fear when it's plucked from Duck Wor- when he's plucked from Duck World and finds himself on Earth. Bill to Proboscis with the melancholy muck monster man thing. Stuck here on a planet of hairless apes, the furious fowl forges a future for himself in, of all places, Cleveland. Sorry, doing a little Father Christmas there. Now, Jingle Bells, it came from that place, it was created someplace like Cleveland. Anyway, uh, but the world, the would-be master of quack-foo will have his wings full hanging out with Spider-Man and the wagging wog with the Mac Hat menaces like the space turnip, the cookie creature, the beaver, Dr. Bong. Will that earn him a spot on the Defenders? Better yet, Howard for President. Uh, this is collecting Fear number 19, Man-Thing number 1, Howard the Duck number 1 through 16, and Annual number 1, Marvel Treasury Edition number 12, and material from Giant Man-Thing, Giant Size Man-Thing 4 and 5. And it, I am actually looking at the wrong one. Mm-hmm. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. But you know what? Oh, well. We will stick with that. It's actually meant to be number four. Um, I read, well, okay, never mind. <laughs> we got time. I'm going to redo it. So scratch that one. All right. We're going to go with this one. So Kylan, take note. Okay. Change is made. 
Howard the Duck's classic adventures conclude in this riotous volume. First, Howie and Bev face the geriatric, geriatric menace of the Grey Panther and do that voodoo that they do so well. But will a Christmas miracle show Howard It's a Wonderful Life or quite the opposite? He'll win a fortune and lose a fortune. There will be animal antics with, with the gopher and Spider-Ham. And Howard will join She-Hulk as they wrap their heads around the comic cosmic squish principle. Plus two Spider-Man team-ups for the price of one. But what the heck are Elf with a Gun and Circus of Crime doing here? Wag! <laughs> Collecting Howard the Duck magazine 8 through 9. Marvel team-up number 96. Howard the Duck number uh, number 32 and 33. Sensational She-Hulk 14 and 15. Or 14 through 17. Plus material from Bizarre Adventures number 13. 34, Marvel Tales number 237, and Spider-Man Team-Up number 5. And that's the correct one, Howard the Duck Complete Collection, Trade Paperback, Volume 4. So, how about we move over to that Marvel Unlimited pick? Because I guarantee you, none of of those titles are the Marvel Unlimited pick. Nope, 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 nope. Because y'all know how I love to use the Marvel Unlimited pick to to pick out the first time we see someone, or the first time we see a place, or the first time we see a thing. Well, (laughs) here we go again, because this Marvel Unlimited pick of the week is Tales of Suspense number 79 from July 1966. It actually has two stories in it. Disaster, which features Iron Man and the Submariner. But the reason that it's picked this week is because the second story in this book is The Red Skull Lives, written by Stan Lee, penciled by Jack Kirby. And what's interesting is this. What makes its first appearance in this issue? The Cosmic Cube. Uh-huh. And it's also mm-hmm. the in which AIM, the advanced idea mechanics, are first called that. Because used to be, up until this point, they were only called them. Which, of course, was causing all kinds of confusions between AIM and giant ants in 50s B-movies. But yes, the Cosmic Cube makes its very first appearance as a invention of the advanced idea mechanics. Hmm. Okay. How about your... Okay. Well, that's going to kind of bring us to a close. Any final thoughts? Secret Empire's over with. Yeah. Mm. Kylan, any I final thoughts? I said it before, but it just sounds so wonderful. I had to say it again. <laughs> Kylan, any final thoughts? Uh, I, well, I'm looking forward to seeing Fantastic Four finally come back around soon. I'm holding on. I'm doubling down on that. And also, uh, I want all the Stanley cameos possible. Just saying. Okay. Just like that meme. All the cameos. Well, I'm going to bring us a close with this. Opening soon during Halloween time at the Disneyland Resort, Guardians of the Galaxy, Monsters After Dark. It's going to pick up moments. Oh. It picks up moments after the events of Guardians of the Galaxy Mission Breakout, which continues throughout the season during daylight hours. While escaping the Collector's Fortress, the Guardians have accidentally left Groot behind. So Rocket needs your help to find and rescue his little buddy. Along with the creatures that have been accidentally released inside the Collector's Fortress, one terrifying monster you will encounter is Surtur's Fire Dragon, uh, which the artist rendering can be found in the new story over on Marvel.com. Um, this terrifying monster will also appear in the upcoming Thor Ragnarok. 
Help mm-hmm. hashtag save Groot at Guardians of the Galaxy Monsters After Dark each night during Halloween time at Disneyland uh, between September 15th through October 31st. So, on that note... All wrapped up here, sir. Will there be anything else? Nope, just time to go dark. So, other choices for Stan Lee... For actors to play Stanley, I still say go complete unknown. I, I got the perfect unknown. Who? Channing Tatum. That's not even funny, man. That's not even funny. Oh uh, my god! I don't even know where where we could go. Uh, uh, you know, I'm almost thinking Mike Myers could be a good, good throw in there. True. Or you how know, about the uh, oddball enough to to work? Yeah. Or Dana Carvey. Or the, oh, Dana Carvey, yeah, yeah. Isn't that special? 